Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games Cast, episode 65. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addy O.A. Jr. That's right, Tim Geddes is dead. And joining dead. me is one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. How did Tim die? Uh, you know, he tripped over over uh, 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 his little puppy. Moose? Moose, yeah, thank you. He tripped over Moose, fell on Cool Greg. <laughs> cool, cool Greg was holding a bunch of knives. He was holding a bunch of knives, and that's yeah. how he went out. R.I.P. The voice here is the voice of Twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Hey, everybody. Good. Happy to be here. Talk video games with you. And also joining us is the founder of the Summer Games Mess, Games Beats, Jeff Grubb. Woo! Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This is, hey, this is a lot of fun. I, you know, I, I'm not going to take credit for it, but I'm glad Tim's dead so I could be here. Hey, man, you're not the only one. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what Tim's up to, but he's busy, and so he's not here, and so it's me hosting. Uh, Jeff Grubb, it's awesome to have you. I'm excited to have you because the topic of today's show is, is going to be all about summer games mess and what we can expect this summer from games announcements. Greg Miller. I thought, I'm sorry, Jeff, I always thought your name was Jeffy Grubb Grubb. Is that not correct? Have I been saying it wrong oh, this whole time? Yeah. Mm, this is a funny joke you got going here with Greg Miller. <laughs> so, I'm having a wonderful time already. You didn't tell me it was going to be like this, Bless, when you invited me. I didn't know it was going to be hostile. See, I, that's, that, that's the thing I love about hosting shows, that I never know what energy we're going to start off Gamescast with, because it could, it could start off anywhere. We could start off talking about Vor and the meaning of Vor and looking into yeah. what Vor means, as we did about a year ago. Or we could start Why off didn't I get that one? Other. That's the one I want. I want to talk about Vor. <laughs> we can talk about Vor. What's your favorite Vor? <laughs> uh, anything involving, like, Wario's mouth? He's got that big, open oh. mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. You guys know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Oh, we know, yeah. He can suck in a whole bicycle with those chompers. <laughs> Gee, dear yeah. Lord. Of course, this is kind of funny games cast. Each and every week we get together to talk about the biggest topics in gaming. Uh, Patreon supporters at the silver membership or above get to watch the show live as we record it. Uh, and, you, and you can get the full post shows exclusive on Patreon. Of course, you can watch us weekly on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, housekeeping for you. Shout out to our Patreon producers for this month. Mick at the nanobiologist Abramson, Tyler Ross, Joy, a.k.a. Joseph O. Youssef, Trent Barry, Mizuki, Man Bear Paradox, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, Sancho West Gaming, James Hastings, Elliot, and Casey Kern. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Upstart, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's start with the show with what have we been playing? Now, Andy and Jeffy Grub Grub, before the show, you guys were talking a little bit, a little bit about that, that game called Loop Hero. Andy, I'm going to start with you. Like, what's the deal with Loop Hero? You know, it's a game that I would have never thought I'd get into. It is a, I think the developers described it as wanting to make a zero player game that is just sort of automated. Um, And essentially what the gist of it is, you, it's a roguelite procedural game that starts up uh, a new map every time you begin a new trek or expedition and you go out and you fight enemies and it's all automated. You are not controlling any of the combat. The only thing that's differentiating how well you do is the loot you pick up from the dead enemies or the loot that you pick up by creating a world around you. It's like 10 games in one. It is RPG. It is world building kind of um you can also, after every run, go back to your home base. I'm just gonna co- let's compare everything to Hades right here, Jeff. All right, yeah, do everything. It, do it. That's like the most recent thing on everybody's mind. We'll compare everything to Hades. Um, in the way that Hades lets you go back to your home place and talk to NPCs, 
what Loop Hero does different and I think better is that it lets you go back home and build out your world a little bit more thought out. You're not just kind of unlocking a chest or talking to an NPC to get more dialogue. Um, you are, I have enough crafts to open, uh, to talk to a person who makes potions and I could now build out this little campfire and make my home base. So it's also base building aspects are there as well. This game has a lot of things to it. It is very, very complicated, but it's so mindless that you can just kind of have it running <laughs> in the background like I have it running in the background right now. Um, and I'm just playing it right now. And that's just it's, at it's work. Just a very it's a you very admit fun you're just playing these games. At work. Job. Stealing time, you know? stealing time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's just it's a really fun game and I'm in d- digging the hell out of it. Uh, Jeff, where are you at with this game? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm really glad that Blessing had you go first to explain it because it's still very difficult to explain <laughs> what this game is. Um, it's I, I, I think it's more important to like to talk about like, the energy it's bringing. If you ever got into a cookie clicker or you ever got into like progress, that's the one that I think is like the best example. That old flash game where it's just about filling up bars yep. and then... The, you know, the more bars you fill up, the faster you can fill up your bars. That's the game for pro- Progress Quest. This is not exactly that. Uh, and this is not exactly like Cookie Clicker, where you can just like leave it on the background and completely let it go. You do have to babysit it a little bit. Um, and that just comes down to making sure that you are constantly getting the more powerful gear that you're getting. And then uh, strategically placing the cards on the map to build out the world. And I feel like I just talked about like three different major gameplay <laughs> mechanics in like 10 right. seconds. Um, uh, but let's focus on the card one though. Uh, I think um, that's where like most of the synergies are happening. That's what you're doing most of the time. Cause most of the, like the gear you're getting is, is infrequent. Once you get better gear, yeah, you'll put that on there. But most of the time you're just kind of getting gear. That's mostly the same or stuff you can ignore. So what you're mostly looking for is ways to combine the cards on the map to get certain synergies that unlock new abilities uh, on the map. Uh, like one of them is um, if you put uh, the rock card in a three by three formation on this grid map, that rocks all turn into a mountain. And then that releases harpies on your loop where your character is actually fighting. And once he encounters harpies, he might get uh, even better gear or uh, unlock more resources and stuff like that. And then it just comes down to, uh, you know, basically where, where this intersects with the difficulty is, you need to do a risk reward judgment at all times about do I want to keep pushing forward and risk dying? And if I do, I only get to take back 30% of these resources to build up my, my base, or do I just want to run home now when I get back to the start of the loop and take back 100% of my stuff, but not really have a chance to face the boss. Um, and that's where I'm like, that's where I'm struggling right now. Cause I always just want to keep pushing. And it's very easy to get into that mindset where like, just keep pushing forward. Maybe I'll beat the boss this time. And then, of course, I lose, and I only have uh, 30% of my stuff, and it, that's causing the grind to take even longer. Uh, I had a heartbreaker it, of a moment yesterday, Jeff, where I, again, you get that sort of Hades mindset, because I think that's just the thing that is easiest to compare since everybody has played it, I feel. Um, in the Hades mindset where the RNG gives you really awesome loot, and you're like, oh my gosh, I have all of the perks that I really enjoy right now. I have... Uh, all these abilities that are giving me back health and all these sorts of things. I had a build yesterday where a lot of the armor that I had regenerated a lot of my health. I had a helmet that regenerated 2.4 health per second, a shield that regenerated 5.8 health per second, eventually added up to where I was, I was, I felt unstoppable because not only are you regenerating health during fights, but you're regenerating health just when you're walking around the loop. And I felt amazing. And then I kind of didn't pay really close attention to one of the upcoming battles 
and uh and i have the game up by the way for for audio yeah listeners. If, you're, if you're watching the, the, um, the video right now you you're watching Andy play in his window it, um, and it really the, scared me at first because you got really small andy and then your video just oh, went black yeah. for a second and i was like oh no we lost him <laughs> and i was like andy's up to something what, what, one well, of at first i thought he was just doing the thing where he's going to play the game he's like i'm just gonna play it now bye <laughs> one of the encounters that i that i in, that i had is similar to this one that i'm pointing at right now for video watchers is it'll show you how many enemies there are and there were four really tough enemies and i had gotten to the point where i'm on loop level nine which you know the more you play the more loops you go through the tougher the enemies get the better loot you get and i had so many resources and i felt unbeatable and then i got absolutely destroyed by four enemies and when you die you only get to take back 30 percent of your resources and yeah. that I... sucked so bad because it's like fuck i felt so great about this run and I just didn't fully pay attention to the actual map. Um, but I think it's really cool how you, the more that you unlock back at your home base. So right now I'm just going to flee and go and I'm going to keep 60% of my resources because maybe I'm scared of that upcoming encounter. When you go back home and try to build out your home base and I have an herbalist hut built out where you can, um, where a, I don't know, some magic person makes magic potions for me for heals. A blacksmith will make extra armor pieces and stronger armor that I can then go out into the field with. The more you build out your home base, the more cards you unlock for the deck building portion of the game. So there's so many different elements to this that you don't really need to fully pay attention to it in order to get satisfaction out of the game. But I think it completely, you know, makes the experience a lot better when you have a deck built out knowing Similar to in Hades, where the thing that I would go out with was I need to get the Athena deflection shield as my first, whatever they called those power up upgrades. The boons, yeah, the boons. There you go. the The Athena deflection shield, the dash deflect. That's the thing I need first. So let me start off with this Athena thing. Similar to that, these cards all have sort of different, um, you know, different attributes to them, and. When you eventually go back into the field, then you can uh, kind of build out the world the way you want. And when you get these environmental cards, you essentially build out the world to say, oh, if I put all these pieces of grass together, I keep getting health every time I start a new loop. It is just it, it's so addicting. And I did not expect yeah. to be grabbed by a game like this where. Uh, shocker! There's no, there's no dash mechanic or a parry mechanic here. All right? Oh my that's, god! And you no, like that? No, I've been noticing that. That's what you need in order to grab me, and and somehow this game doesn't have it. And I, like, I, I mean, technically, there's like no it. mechanics in in this game. You know, <laughs> there like, are no, 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 no combat. Yeah, no combat. There mechanics. are no, I, yeah, there's no fighting mechanics, and that's again, it's. I am usually not into strategy games. Yeah, like if you're this. if you're watching, right, like you probably you see the the turn based battles uh, sequence that it goes into that that is all automatic. That was yeah. the thing that caught me. I've only played about an hour or so of the game, and immediately early on, I was like, okay, I, I see what this is doing. You know, I talked about it a little bit on PS I Love You that immediately, like, I got the sense of the cookie clicker aspect of it. Of, yeah, yeah, it's it's idle. You are doing things here and there to affect what's going on on screen, but for the most part. Our role is to make the numbers go up and to then to have that ultimate feedback be feedback loop of higher numbers beget higher numbers. You are then getting better loop. You're then uh, re-equipping that in order to do better in the game and then having that back and forth, which is very satisfying. And immediately I was like, okay, I gotta con it. I gotta slow down on this and yeah, not maybe not too. fall into this because I could see myself getting super addicted. Um, but for a, you guys that have played, 
I was gonna say okay. I made a massive mistake of starting this. The fr- when was daylight savings time? Saturday going to Sunday. Oh started yeah. Started this. Mm. Started this at three in the morning. Huge mistake. Oh my god! It was six thirty in the morning. I was like, I need a shower. Like I need to yeah, get yeah. out of this chair. <laughs> I am disgusting right now because w- that was after a full night of Valorant. Oh, let me try this loop hero thing. Initially, I thought it was gonna be a because of the logo and the word loop. I thought it was a rhythm game. I had no Dude, idea. The logo, the logo is meant to resemble Guitar Hero. It looks like it. It looks exactly it like the Guitar those Hero. Vibes. Yeah, and yeah. so I thought it was going to be sort of a um, um, rhythm game. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of the the Zelda like a game. Loops. The, the Zelda oh, game. Oh, Cadence oh, of yeah. Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, Cadence of Hyrule type uh, video game, and um, it is definitely not that. And I would have never thought I'd be into this video game at this point in my life where. Again, if you don't have a dash or a parry mechanic, good luck grabbing me. You know, there's the logo. I, right I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm like watching you play, and like I like. So we talk about the numbers going up, the cookie clicker aspect, but I think that is all like a, a clever, a cover for what's really happening. It's teaching you its mechanics and its strategies. Like you place the grove uh, there at the top, and it's like this little, it's this little wooded uh, card, and he placed it at the top of of what is almost like it's a mini loop. Uh, like a peninsula, and the reason he would put, put, place it there is because then if he gets blood roots, he could put that in the middle of that, and then the blood roots attack the guys, all the enemies, when they get below fifteen percent health, and so it's like this really uh, good offensive strategy. And and the way to maximize that is to make sure that there's as many uh, uh like uh, walkway tiles, yeah, the way he's doing right there, as many walkway tiles as possible, touching the blood roots, so you get the maximum av- advantage of that card. And it's like okay, I'm like learning these uh, these strategic tricks as I play, and. Uh, I will eventually, that will eventually be like become the entire game for you, uh, especially as they like uh, unlock things like quests and you have the ability to uh, add traits to your character. These are things that are not unlocked at the beginning, uh, but you learn these things slowly and that will replace sort of just wanting the numbers to go up. But the numbers going up is the addictive part at the beginning that sort of gets you through the door and it works very well. Now, for both of you guys who are way further than me in this game, is there a story that comes up like are yeah. you at all invested at all in like the story or narrative or characters or anything or are you in it purely for the gameplay go ahead jeff i uh the story is kind of creepy and and straight like so it, it looks like a black void when you're looking at the gameplay here and that is the story like the world used to exist and now it's a black void and whenever you go or go out there and you go on the loop and you start placing things in the world that's not like oh i found this thing and i'm placing it there it's your memory remembering oh there used to be woods here uh, and oh. uh, I think I think one like a really interesting point is when you meet the harpy from the mountains that I talked about earlier. Uh, the harpy comes down, and you have this conversation the first time, and you're like, "Hey, uh, help us rebuild the world." And the harpy's like, "That world it was never our world. We just we just want to feed our young. We don't care. We need to kill you so I can feed my young." And it's like this really like creepy conversation. Uh, but it, it, it kind of gives you an idea of like, okay, there are like competing motivations even in this really dark, grim void that you exist in, uh, and that's working for me. And there's also one aspect to it that um, on on this top left bar, whenever you add stuff to the map, this bottom bar will complete. And when it gets to the end, you fight the boss. And I didn't really notice that until I was late into my run and unfortunately couldn't go back because I'd already faced the boss once, got absolutely destroyed, realized, oh, I don't really want to do that anytime soon because I know yeah. I'm nowhere close to even chipping away a quarter of this dude's health. Um, but yeah, essentially... I. Uh, the story aspects, you know, maybe I should have played it, uh, you know, at 3 p.m. instead of 3 a.m. <laughs> and I would have probably tried to grasp more of what the hell was going on. 
it's not necessarily what's keeping me going, but the cooler no, aspects no. are that when you do go, for me at least, the cooler aspects is where you go back to your home base and you have enough resources to open up the kitchen and the NPC who is the cook is like, oh shit, I'm, I'm here now, what the hell? Like, I, And you're like, yeah, you, I, I remember existing, but now what, what the hell is happening? So you're also getting little story threads through the NPCs that you're bringing back yeah. into existence um, because it's all sort of the, the, I forget the name of the bad guy, but he's essentially this sort of extra dimensional being that has yeah. turned everything into nothing, you know? Um, the, the story aspects are not what's keeping me going. It is absolutely just seeing the numbers go up i just yeah. turned into into a mountain oh my gosh here comes the harpy here comes the harpy yeah. <laughs> and it it just gets addicting you know when when you figure out the the strats and when you figure out what works for you similar to a lot of different roguelites going back out into the world you feel like you are more prepared each and every time you go back out into the world and i think that it feels just so satisfying to know that you are improving every time yeah greg miller I, yeah i agree uh, blessing at the OEA Jr., the future this class of video games. What's game. up? Right now, we're we're at uh, March 17th. Tomorrow is going to be... As we're the time we're recording, this is March 17th. Right. Tomorrow, we're going to get the big Avengers update. Yeah. Where are you at with Avengers? Like, do you have an update for, for where you're at with that? Yeah, you know, my new episode of The Blessing Show is available oh. right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. I'm not do sure tell, if you're aware Greg, of that of show. Them. It's this new show I came up with where I talk uh, right to the camera, like video essay-wise, and just say some stuff. Oh. You know, I mean, just talk for a while. I don't need anybody else on it. Don't need a podcast scripted. Original. It's a brand new idea I had. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, I did it all about what Avengers needs to do to survive. And it's this weird thing where there's the push and pull of it where tomorrow the day you'll uh, get this 6 a.m youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe uh square enix presents is happening uh but also before then we're going to be getting the avenger content which of course is uh the new character the uh, you know your free character hawkeye uh the free dlc uh future imperfect which is his storyline picking up for where the kate bishop uh, dlc left off and then also the playstation 5 xbox series x slash s uh, versions of the game uh being all super bright and pretty and there's a bunch of other little things going on there new villain sector yada 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 and so there's this super excitement of getting new content for this game that i really enjoy playing and then also this thing of like are they going to fuck up the square enix presents <laughs> because like all, like the whole video is like all you have to do is talk to your audience just talk to your audience give us a roadmap it doesn't need dates it just needs milestones give us something to look forward to give us a reason to turn this on because as much as i love avengers right like kate bishop as i say in the video i got two nights of play out of like i didn't feel the need to go back and grind kate bishop to level 150 which is the max of uh, your power level in the game because there's nothing to do at level 150 it's not like there's a raid it's not like there's an armor set it's not like there's something i'm going after that's just there and even if there was an armor set why would i do that when i don't feel like the need for it i don't need that i'm being uh, pushed that way what's, and so what's the over under for where you're at in terms of do they nail it at the presentation do you think they come out and they say everything they need to say well see the problem it's interesting you're it's a great question bus um i think they're i think they know that this is the time to say something i don't think that they would have i don't think i there's part of me when they announced it where i'm like clearly they're just going to come out and say also available you know they're, they're going through a whole bunch of different stuff right they have life is strange they have a bunch of other stuff and there's there, there's part of me that's going to have them come out and be like also available today from avengers this is the hawkeye stuff let's watch a trailer and it's a trailer for hawkeye stuff and then it's all right cool see you later ne- on to the next game but the closer we've gotten the more it's been like 
no, they can't do that. They know they they're smart. They know what people want. They're paying attention to their audience. They have to know. But this is, I feel like, the make or break moment. Where if they don't come out tomorrow and you know say, hey, this is what we're doing or where we're going, and this is the next thing you have to look forward to, then I think yeah, you you do get to go there and say, man, is this game dead? Is Square giving up on this game? But I don't see that happening. So I'm in this weird place with it right now, where I'm super excited to play it, but I'm on that. It's the you know it's Christmas Eve. Where all that's tomorrow, and tonight, you know, today you're just like bouncing around between other stuff, trying to play other things, and uh, it's Christmas Eve. You're like, what if Santa gets hit by a reindeer? <laughs> well, it's either, yeah, exactly. Either way, we get Hawkeye, which will be fun, right? Like Kate Bishop's story was fun. I I really enjoy the the episodic comic book content of Avengers, where it is I drop in for an hour and a half of missions that is progressing the story beyond the single player campaign. Uh, but yeah, like beyond that, it's always that thing of like, are they going to fuck that up? Are they going to make it so I I I'm not I I still have to talk about liking Avengers, but talk about the fact that there's nothing really to do in Avengers. I just want stuff to do. I want them to copy the division. I want it to give me just the reason to rerun the old missions. Give me some uh, quest chain there. Give me new content based on around the movies like Marvel heroes would have done. Do any of that kind of stuff. Like give me a reason to turn this thing on and be excited. Hmm. But even then, bless like, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. Go for it. No, I was going to, well, I'm going to transition away from this. If you got more Avengers questions. Well, no, I was, I, well, I was going to ask what your expectations are for, or do you have any expectations for the PS5 version? Because I know that's coming out tomorrow also. And that's sure. I, I, mean, I, want load times, like the... I want load times drastically reduced. Like they okay. say load times are better, but I mean, in the, they're better right now running the PlayStation 4 version on PlayStation 5, but they're still noticeable. I think, you know, it is that thing as we all play more and more next gen content, the amount of times. Yeah, I go to pick up the phone like the old days to look at Twitter, and before I even get the Twitter app open, I've loaded into whatever, and it's like, oh, shit, fuck, put this down. Whereas, like, Avengers, that is not the case. Avengers is, I select them, I load in from the main screen, I get through all the logos, I get into the game, I load up the mission, all that time I've been on Twitter doing something else. Like, that's what I want out of the PlayStation 5 version. Like, I want it to look prettier, obviously, and sharper, but I think the game is already pretty in spots. You don't have to worry about that part of it. Mm. I'm more, yeah, about I, and, and, and For me, it's not a version thing as much as it's a content thing. Like, I want to know where we're going and what's coming, and I don't need dates for it. I just want to know what is actually happening over there. Do you have issues with uh, with uh, time for matchmaking, Greg? Has that been... No, because a- I don't play random matchmaking. If I'm jumping on, I'm jumping out with friends. So that's, you know, we party up and everybody's in there and you're just ready to go. Okay. I know I, it, I, I've the one or two times I played like when we, I was getting uh, footage uh, for the blessing show right like I accidentally hit square and is to enable a matchmaking and then I quickly hit it but by the time I quickly hit it somebody had already paired up with us so even there it wasn't that bad but I'm far from an expert on that uh, aspect of the game I, I really want to I might redownload it just to see for myself because I know if I ask you Greg what have the improvements been for next gen you're not this person who like really gives a damn about the frame rate and the resolution sure. and stuff like that. Those are things that I really harp on and notice. Um, so I might, I might try to download it just to see what has improved. Can I turn motion blur off? Are these battles? Cause again, I, I didn't play since launch and I was yeah. there for well, even that. I mean, motion blur, I think has been addressed since uh, on what is already out there currently. And if you're talking about PlayStation four version on uh PlayStation five, like that, I know has like a uh, 4k and performance, whatever you can do and tweak in the settings and stuff like that. So as you start getting into what this version is going to offer, like it's going to have the bells and whistles that you expect from it, let alone the quality of life stuff they've already done, which, you know, is the thing you talk about of like, where are they going and what are they doing? It's, you know, the fact that 
I feel like they have done a good job of answering a lot of the littler things that were the sticking points early on, right? Like there is a ping system. There are uh, visual indicators on your HUD now for if this person's being inf- if, if being attacked by PIM damage or cryo damage or whatever. Like they All for a long time I didn't. Life yeah, exactly. I didn't for a long, long time I didn't realize why they're trying to get me to do the uh, um, uh, uh, challenge rooms again, the harm rooms again. And I finally went and did, it and I was like, oh, this is like a new tutorial for all the stuff they've added for how the combat's working. Even like, there's a bunch. This this is why I'm hopeful tomorrow that they'll deliver on the things people actually want, because it is that idea, right? Of like, the foundation is strong. I feel like they fixed the foundation issues in terms of like, obviously not the comic books or like the you know whether uh, there's tweet the level fifty stuff that crap. I'm talking about like I feel like the foundational stuff that people are like, oh, this is just a stupid thing to do has been fixed to make it strong enough that you can build on it now and move p- beyond just like if you were just gonna put out you know. Uh, new heroes on a broken platform or a broken foundation, people would be like, why are you putting on new content when this is still fucked up? But they wouldn't fix that stuff, and now they're over there. Are those big battles still really framey? Because, again, that was was way early on. I don't... don't I've always wondered what the progress. Not in my something. experience on PlayStation Five. You're like you're talking about the big villain sectors or like taking on like the big yeah. walking mechs or whatever. No, but I mean like again, it's like I even then I haven't run a villain sector in months, right? Because when I transitioned over to just doing hives, that's what I did, and then coming back. I guess no. Well, I've run villain sectors, but I've been running them solo. I guess when I pop back in, because again, why? How, why? What? what why should I go ask Tamor to stop playing what he's playing to come over here and get Simon Cardi back on the horn or Andrew Goldfarb when it's like... You can put down Bloodborne for a You want to run the same seconds. exact thing we were running in September? It, it runs a bit better now, right? Like, I feel like tomorrow is twofold, where it's going to be, hey, here, of course, is Hawkeye, a new character, new missions and stuff to go do and try out there. And then hopefully, knock on wood, at Square Enix Presents, it is also, hey, here's why you should keep playing and here's where we're going. I hope so, because I'm, I'm kind of with Andy where the, I... I want to download it for the PS5 version to see how that plays and runs because yeah. that is the thing that sounds exciting if it can get if it can do 60 FPS and have like a strong performance mode. Yeah, here's what I got for you on that. Sorry, I was trying to pull it mm-hmm. up. For I'm talking native next gen version PlayStation 5 native 60 frames per second checkerboard 4K. Uh, f- this is high. Perf- I'm sorry, high, highest performance mode is 60 frames per second checkerboard 4K. 4K mode is native na- native 4K. Uh, cross gen matchmaking, cross gen save file import. Um, the significantly faster load times, improved frame rate versus the PlayStation 4, higher resolution textures, uh, improved heroics and armor destruction. This is versus PlayStation 4. Stochastic screen space reflections. Andy, I guess that gets you oh, excited. Oh, yeah, that gets Andy Con- excited right there. Content yeah. aware, sharpening, uh, higher resolution translucency, uh, improved ambient inclusion, uh, improved that volumetric fog, baby. You know, oh, man. Anisotropic right texturing, spatial and audio, and, and haptic feedback. Yeah. That's all PlayStation 5. Yeah. I mean, all that all that sounds like awesome stuff. And like, there, there are reasons, obviously, for Marvel's Adventures why I bounced off that weren't technical stuff sure. in fact most of the reasons i bounced off were not technical stuff um but you know that combined did you, wait with, did you finish the campaign did you finish, I did the, finish campaign? the campaign yeah i beat i beat the campaign right. and i was like okay i enjoyed that and then i started playing a little bit of the multiplayer stuff and i was like no i do not like this um great would your would your relationship with this game be better if the multiplayer was completely separated from it and they like released it as a separate game later uh oh my god just been the single player campaign what would your relationship with this game have been like who was i i was playing with somebody and talking the other night and i forget if it was simon or somebody like that but it was the idea that like can you imagine if they would have done this like ghost of tsushima where it was hey we're putting out right. this avengers campaign play as kamala yada yada and then at the end you tease it and you're like 
in the summer a multiplayer mode's coming or whatever something like that and have it roll out i think that would have obviously been a better way to do it because the one of the problems and i bring it up in the video that like why avengers gets i mean for there's a number of reasons to ding it but i think part of its uh perception problem is the fact that it's two different games and both are hampered by each other where the single if they would have just been like chris dynamics is making an avengers game and it's single player imagine what we already have expanded without having to worry about multiplayer and you'd be like holy shit like because i i enjoyed the single player quite a bit and so it's already i thought like wow that's great so like you could really take that somewhere but they had to make it so you could bring multiplayer people in and you could do this kind of thing it's like you know uh he made fun of me so much before editing the video got roger excited enough that he's like can i get a code like i want to play it and so it's like sure and i got him the code and it's that whole thing of like dude i would wait till thursday so you can play it on playstation 5 because hopefully knock on wood it all works great and it isn't a complete clusterfuck on that front which we'll find out tomorrow but also the fact it's like if you don't want to great but you should play the entire single player thing and it's not exactly what i'm gonna pull you into later on you couldn't jump around and do it before but don't do that it's like it's such a weird messaging and yeah. such a weird mixed message for the thing of like, mm-hmm. I can't believe on this, you know, one division, but then MCU rewatch me and Jen have been doing like the amount of times we finish like winter soldier or something. I'm like, God, like I want to go play an Avengers game. And I'm like, I want to go play Marvel heroes where I go in there and it yeah. is just Diablo, just grind out, get the gear, beat the thing, run the story again. Yada, yada, yada. Dozens of characters like the, exactly. the winter soldier would be in there. Yeah. You don't have to and wait. And that's the thing about Marvel heroes. Right. And yeah. this is what I always go back to of like, you know, having, you know, friends with Anthony Gaius who worked on the game. Like he was always like, people underestimate how hard it is to make heroes. And that was something they got really good at eventually at Gazillion, where they were doing the timed events where it was, hey, even though it sucked, right, there's a Fantastic Four movie, so there's a whole bunch of Fantastic Four content and stuff for you to go do. And, you know, it seems like Avengers and Crystal are repeating the sins of the past, where when Marvel Heroes and Gazillion started up, they underestimated how hard it was to make heroes, and they didn't have that kind of content ready. So the fact that, like, you finish WandaVision, and it's like, man, I can't jump into Avengers right now and grind out WandaVision. Like, what the fuck? How did that happen? How did how does that yeah. get so off track? And granted, COVID and delays and a million other things that have happened, obviously, behind the scenes and in front of everyone, too, for that. But there's, excuses only take you so far. It's like, it's an interesting... Yeah, this, isn't, this game has this isn't just you know adding a new fighter to the new street fighter game or whatever like they're the, the with these newer games it just requires more than just the f- the fighting aspects and the balancing aspects but in a game like this you need what do these characters sound like when they all interact with yep. each other what do you know it's it's when Overwatch adds a new character or when it, any of these games add a new character there have to be so many other things than just Oh, how can we make this character not way too OP or how do we make them feel adequate, you know? Um, yeah, and you figure that, and that I think you want to talk about, I think, underestimating it. I think, again, the writing is on the wall for everything they've talked about since launch, where it is the cloning uh, labs, where it is the Omega threat missions. Like, again, it's always a joke, but remember, Fran accidentally played the cloning lab in September when they accidentally published it to the live servers for like one night by accident. Like, the fact that that still isn't out speaks to how hard whatever they're doing with that thing is and from a technical level and i don't know if that's balance if that's crashes if that's whatever it is but even that kind of thing of putting into your game something they've been planning for so long they haven't been able to do so 
hopefully by the time some people listen to this on the weekend, a lot of this is a moot point and you get to go ch- watch our reactions and see what they're saying and where they are. And like, Oh, is I sit here and I'm like, hopefully the PlayStation five version isn't a trash truck tomorrow. Like I, for me with PlayStation, I still don't believe that they've made it easy enough for my PlayStation four save of Avengers to get over to PlayStation five. I haven't heard anything about how they're doing that. Borderlands of course is a clunky as hell process. I almost deleted Avengers last night from my PS five. Cause I was like, Oh, well P- PS five, you know, on Thursday and I was like, wait, is this going to be one of those motherfuckers where I got to yeah. turn on the PS4 version, make it, sure it, that's it, updated, it upload that save to, through their internal thing, <laughs> go back over here, going like, all right, just let it all ride, let it all ride. I mean, the, the trophies are going to pop, though, which is nice, right? Dude, that's the other fucking... <laughs> don't, why the fuck don't I have a Borderlands PS5 Platinum? Don't even get me started. And that's the, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Wait, don't did get that not started. Happen? Did the trophies not pop for Borderlands? No, Borderlands PS5 trophies are still borked, where it's like, oh, they just... They, they, yeah, it, you turn, uh, for me, I you know brought over my Platinum save from Borderlands PS4, turned on PS5 and it dinged like I forget four or five whatever and then it didn't ding the rest and they're just you can go to any of the gearbox forums that for nerds like me that care and they're all just like what the fuck's going on like you can't even redo the things that you need to pop the trophies to get it on your save oh shit I so, did not realize it was that bad. I hope that tomorrow, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm very excited for tomorrow to turn this on, get to play new content. I, you know, I, I do pray, sit here thinking about like uploading the save and turning on, just bing, 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 getting all my tropes again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then there's a, fu- and I won't lie to you guys, I know that this is sick and fucked up. I know that there's something wrong with me. I also yeah. kind of fantasize that it doesn't happen, but I can get all the trophies oh and I replay God. the campaign and Dear I put it. I, I, you Greg. know how much I hated doing the 50 hives. Greg. I'm Greg. sitting here. You struggled with the hives for so long. <laughs> You're a husk of a man. I'm a monster. I'm a monster. <laughs> I really want to do it. You know what I mean? You really are. God, we need to find him help. You're disgusting, um, dude. Before you transfer off, I want to do mm. two things. Number one, Jeff Grubb, will you do us a favor and restart your Discord? Yo. Because you're clipping yeah. just a bit. It's gotten a little bit better, but I want to see if that just solves the issue altogether. Yeah, so sure thing. Yeah. If you're an audiovisual person or audio person, there, there it is. Andy, come down low. Uh-huh. Come down low like me, Andy. Come down low like me, Andy. Blessing, I want you. Oh, see, yeah, you can oh, you can go to two friends. Which one is which? Um, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah, cool. Okay, cool. Man, uh, while Jeff is figuring that out, Greg, can you tell me about Animal Crossing? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things I think it's funny to be in this. Oh, hold on, Jeff. I want you to yeah. give me your four score and seven years ago speech. Yeah, uh, the four scores and seven years ago, our forefathers, uh, I don't know the rest, our but I can wing it. Um, the... that, no, this is great. that was all great. You sound great. No, you didn't yeah, you sound there. great. Awesome. Sure, it'll come cool. back what, at some what, point. But... What, what was happening? It was, so just, it was, it was sure. like clipping. Uh, like... Every so often, okay, it would yeah. sound like the mic couldn't keep up with you, but it wasn't, if it was like, ruining the experience you, we would have vi- stopped you a long time ago yeah you're, the audio and video was out of sync for me for, when i was watching you guys so yeah i think that okay cool yeah, oh yeah, well no, i no, an no, update we, for discord yeah yeah that's probably what it is don't worry about it pc gaming am i right andy get up here andy get don't up here don't forget to no, sign into your turbo text to your taxes, i will not i will not i'm doing that this this i'll, I'll, uh, I'll high five you greg thank you barrett that's why that's why i like keeping you around you know what i mean uh animal crossing yeah like i I love Animal Crossing. I think I've proven this time and time again. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> we are, I, there's a lot of doubters out there. Greg. I know a lot of people. <laughs> you proved yeah, I feel, long it, it's the weirdest thing right now where I feel like I'm in a relationship that's over, but I'm still going through the motions. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> where it's like, guess what? Tell there's Mario it, content. And I'm like, fuck, it. sure. Turn it on. Go buy it. And then I look around the island. I'm like, Man, this place is fucked up, and I do not feel like fixing it. Bye. <laughs> yesterday, I was like, oh, I got to get that St. Patrick's Day outfit. Got on there, got the St. Patrick's Day outfit. I was like, Oof, see you later. Not playing any more of this. And 
I know later it'll, suckers. <laughs> it'll be it'll be like so DC Universe Online, right? Where it'll be that one day I'm gonna have that wild bug. One day they're gonna do some update that I feel like I have to go be a part of, and I will be there for a long time. And I, I know this sounds crazy. It might be Halloween again since my island is still decked out in Halloween stuff. Like, but I don't know. Like, I just right now, Jeff. I know you reviewed Animal Crossing. How are you checking in? Are you finding like a, a lot in this right now? No, no, I had the same breakup. That's exactly how I described it too. Was it was uh it's it's a relationship and when it's over it is it's over and it's this awkward like it's this awkward breakup period where uh you have it over there and like you feel guilty and and that guilt actually makes it harder to want to check in uh and then the game doesn't the game doesn't help a lot with like i know it's not like as bad as some of the older games where they would be like uh they would really harp on you and everybody would be like oh hey you've been gone for this many days but they do that a little bit and they do it sure, enough I haven't where seen you in a like, month yeah yeah it's like okay i get it oh, man gosh, i know i already feel bad enough and, Jeff, and i look when, I, when I go back up. home to visit texas and everybody like at church would just oh, be yeah. like uh, oh yeah. where you been i haven't seen you stranger it's like ah oh, fuck I'm so you get it yeah i've dealt with guilt in my family as well so yeah i get what you're saying and it's like i don't want to <laughs> deal with that in my video games please please <laughs> Keep your guilt out of my video games. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, like uh, having a Tamagotchi and then it, it dies after a while after not turning it no, on, you know? I was going to say, it reminds, you know? me, it reminds me of doing Neopets back when wow. I was like eight years old. Yeah. And I wouldn't feed it for the longest time and I'd come back and the, the, things, the thing would say that all my Neopets are starving and I'm like, I'm tired Please of this, man. Help me, bless. I'm tired of going to the soup Please, kitchen to feed y'all. I don't. I do not have enough credits or whatever to feed y'all. <laughs> so. You just gotta cut it off. You just gotta end it. You gotta like rip off the bandaid, and then uh, and then like you do get the bug later, and then it's impossible to go back. I, I'm having a real hard. I'm, I'm thinking about just starting over, uh, starting a fresh island, which is crazy. But oh my god, if I ever really? go back, that's how I would do it. Yeah. See, I, I, I want the history of it, but it's a, it's the guilt. It's the oh man, I get excited for the announcements they make, and then I'm like, when am I ever gonna do this? Like you, all the Mario yeah. star, stuff dropped, and I'm I'm still signing on to buy it all and it's that thing of like but am i ever really gonna do this am i ever really gonna go and put the the question blocks and and you know smash blocks and the mushrooms all over the island probably not but i still want to i want to want to and i know one day i will andy one day i'll fall in love again i I believe you will i believe you thank you thank you Mm -hmm. speaking of abandoned lands it's a very bad segue i've been playing fallout new vegas uh because fallout new vegas came to xbox game pass because all the bethesda games came to came to xbox game pass not all of them but a good majority a good amount of them did uh and i'm having a fun time i started uh over the weekend and i want to say i'm about five ish hours in and i'm a big i'm a big fan of fallout 3 i really enjoyed fallout 4 you know i really liked outer worlds and fallout new vegas i had passed by back in the day because i remember i had beaten fallout 3 i'd played it uh, a little bit late i'd beaten it and i was like man that was awesome that might be one of my favorite games I ever played and i after that, I had looked at reviews because I heard of this other game, Fallout New Vegas, and I looked at reviews, and reviews for it weren't that great. And so I was like, oh, this is, this seems like a worse Fallout 3, and so I had skipped it by. And as years have gone on, people have talked about Fallout New Vegas being the best one and all this stuff. And, I, and uh, it coming to Game Pass has kind of been my excuse to finally go, okay, you know what? I'm going to play New Vegas because I know how much I love Fallout, and I know how much I love uh, Outer Worlds. And playing New Vegas so far, uh, I'm having a blast. It is it's, – it's – it feels like I am returning to an alternate version of Fallout 3, right? Because obviously it's it's made from the same uh, same engine. It's made from the bones of Fallout 3 uh, taking place in New Vegas, developed by Obsidian, so Bethesda, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but like going back to it has been kind of fun because the same graphics that over a decade ago, I would have been like, wow, I can't believe how good facial animation and all this shit looks. I'm looking back at it now and I'm like, wow, this game is ugly as fuck. <laughs> these these characters look terrible. This world looks terrible. Um, but even with that, I'm actually, I've, there have been moments where I've been 
impressed by how some of the how some of the environments look when you look at the way that they they place small settlements and they place hills and when you look at a, at a, at a vast view and the way that stuff kind of comes together uh that's been enjoyable a bit i've been enjoying the story so far like it's very much a fallout fallout ass story where there's different factions the factions got beef with each other you're talking to different factions it feels it, I, I can see where a lot of the outer world specific influence comes from mm-hmm. because they do do the thing where you are uh upping your uh your reputation with certain factions right and once you when you make one faction like you a different faction might end up hating you because you are doing things in order to influence this war between factions which uh is pretty fun you know i've 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 been enjoying that um but yeah overall it's been it's been such a fun interesting thing to jump into right like going into it a decade later but then also going into it with the benefits of having an Xbox Series X which means an SSD with fast load times and being able to go from inside to outside and have it be almost a jump cut of oh shit this thing barely loaded um that's been a fun thing and so uh i don't know if any i don't know if any any of you guys have tried out any of the Bethesda stuff or fps boost stuff that's been going on on game pass but um it's been been kind of a fun experience i have not for the on xbox but i have been i did fire up um i did fire up dishonored one on pc hell yeah just to sort of see how it looks um and then I was going to try out Dishonored 2, but I heard nobody likes that game, so I just didn't even want to give it a shot. God, I heard why do you hurt shit. me when I show you nothing <laughs> but love? Uh, no, um, uh, one thing that I did, I, I downloaded Wolfenstein because I would love to re-experience those games on PC and just see how they look and perform. But there's definitely a mod out there I need to get to unlock the full frame rate because they're locked at 60 and I don't know why. And I really need to find this mod that exists out there, and you just kind of do some hacking. Greg, I'm really good at hacking. I don't know if you know that. Um, don't you have to so put just... on that little Goku eye thing you wear all the time when you hack? Oh, my scouter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what the, what the thing is, like, I put on my scouter, um, and then I look at like what I have to change in the mainframe or whatever, sure. and hopefully then unlock the unlimited frame rate because Wolfenstein games are just generally some of the prettier games that exist out there, and I loved. Play, I loved both of them. Um, I, again, I didn't really play um, Cyber or what's it called? Young Blood. Young Blood. Didn't you play don't Young to. Blood. You didn't play Cyberpunk um, either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking of I was thinking of the VR one. What's the VR? The VR one? Oh. It's like Wolfenstein's Cyber Shadow. No, that's no. not it. <laughs> Cyber Shadow is a <laughs> different remember. game. Hold on, like Cyber Pilot. Cyber oh, Dogs yeah. in it. Cyber Pilot is the one. Yeah, um, but I definitely want to re-experience those games because I was I was talking with Bless and with Tim actually off camera talking about how when a game can be uh you know experienced with a really really high resolution and a high frame rate it just feels like a brand new game and uh i felt the same way i talked about on a game sale this morning when i fired up bioshock remastered just to kind of hey how's this game looking you know i don't really remember this game from back in the day and holy shit it just looks like a goddamn new game and it's really impressive and um yeah, it's I've been sort of experiencing this whole new world, but Blessing kind of let me know that Fallout New Vegas is not available on PC Game Pass. It's such a bummer. And I've like brought up the app and I was like, no, I think you're wrong. Oh, yeah, you're right. Why? Why not? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge bummer. I don't understand the reason. Um, but yeah, it also doesn't have FPS boost. And like, I get it. You don't you can't give everything FPS boost, boost off the bat, which is why they they're kind of picking and choosing. But I did try out. Oh, is that the scouter noise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on. See, oh, like, tell me what my, I'm tell reading. Me what my a, power level is right now. 
It's bullshit. That, that's not not your power level. It's bullshit. Oh, it's I was like, damn, damn, damn wow. fuck. He's just going right for you on that one. It is bullshit that uh, that uh that you know you can't get New Vegas on PC. That's yeah. my reading. Well, I didn't but, personally. I mean, you know, and I jokes aside, you know what I mean. I haven't paid too much attention to Game Pass for PC versus Xbox, right? Like we read, I read the games on Games Daily, and I'm always like, oh, you know, Game Pass best deal in gaming thing. But like Roger uh, Pokorni here from Kind of Funny had posted about it of just like, hey, like it was after the Bethesda stuff, and then what was the there was something else I thought they got announced, oh, just Outriders. a bunch of games. Outriders, right? And it was just like, hey, if you're not paying attention, this sucks. And I was like, fuck, that does. there's a whole bunch of stuff missing that's not there that there's no parody for. The yeah. the ideal the ideal thing would be to have cross-save and, uh, like, cross-save capabilities from PC to Xbox, I'd, I'd, like Windows to Xbox. I don't really understand why that's a huge deal and why it's not fully available, probably just licensing issues. But I'm, sh- I'm sure for a game as old as something like Fallout New Vegas, it, it might be like a programming thing where just the way it reads on PC is entirely different from Xbox and they wouldn't even been thinking about it at the time. It's possible. Um, I, but I guess even like newer titles, but um, mm-hmm. like there, there are definitely newer titles that are not Xbox first parties um, that, you know, why can't I play this on Xbox and then also open it up on my PC if I want to continue it on stream and then play out some off stream or whatever. So that's where some of the frustrations come from for sure. But um, yeah, we got, I mean, we got a bunch of new EA titles coming to PC, which is really exciting. Yeah, play Very it. cool stuff. But I, I also booted up uh, Dishonored Definitive Edition last night just, just, just to see what FPS boost looked like because I wanted to see, I wanted to see it in any game and Dishonored I had played before. And so I could have, uh, I could compare it to what I remember Dishonored being. And let me tell you, thing is fucking smooth i even the menus were smooth i was shocked by how smooth that game ran um and so yeah i'm I, i'm now becoming a, a big fan of fps boost i hope they add it to uh way more of their games because it's a really cool thing were before you a, we get... a, a first uh, a frames okay. a frame rate snob before all this or were you uh always someone who's like oh i could live with 30 frames per second dude i never gave a fuck i didn't i didn't start caring about frame rate until i got my ps5 miles and started morales. experiencing performance mode and yeah i played Ma- miles morales and a bunch of other games in performance mode, and I was like, dude, I don't know if I could ever go back yeah. to having something that's next under gen, 60 frames next per second. Next gen ruined me. I need the yep. I need those frames. Yeah. I, I was I the a same way. Mode evangelist. We would always talk to we would always talk uh, with our friend Alfredo, who is this very very good PC gamer for Achievement Hunter, and he you know kind of made a name for himself in the competitive scene and. I would always say like, "Hey, come play Overwatch with us on on you know PS4 or whatever," and he'd be like, "Dude, no way, I can't do that." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Dude, get over yourself." And now I'm the same way. Like when we were mm-hmm. gonna play Predator the other day, I was like, "Greg, I need to play on PC. Like I can't not. I, I've seen the light, you know. I've seen how how good it can be. Why would I want to be down on here on Earth with you, you peasants, right? Yeah. When I'm up yeah. here in the heavens mm-hmm. with my really fast refresh rate." And my mouse and keyboard, and I'm just deadly accurate, Greg. You know what's the point? What's the point? I understand. Of no, I get it. Yeah. No, it's the same way. Yeah, when when I did the switch on Miles, oh, what's the other thing look like? You're like, oh shit, I can never do this. <laughs> like this isn't how yeah, I want to play this game at all. It's crazy how playing performance mode to me made uh, the fidelity mode look ugly when I switched back to it. I was like, I can't believe, and not uh, not ugly is in like actually ugly, but just weird in comparison to performance mode when you slow down those frames and see that see it not run as smooth. I was shocked. What about you, Jeff? Uh, no, I, I you know it happened at the beginning of last generation with uh, PS4 and Xbox One, where um, 
I, I definitely was like aware of of 60 frames per second and, and and i cared about it to a certain extent and i like a lot of old nintendo games were 60 frames per second and i think i maybe grew up on that so i'm like i that's definitely the way i leaned uh but then ps4 and xbox one came out and i think uh, both the, the hardware for both those systems was kind of trash and it pushed me towards pc gaming specifically mm. because of refresh rate and resolution and and sure. uh and and modding and stuff like that but the the big part was just the basic technology and just being able to run a game at what felt like a decent frame rate so uh yeah that's that snobbery came to me in like 2013 for sure <laughs> i feel like i'm definitely like i was destined for it because i've mentioned before that i i think i just got it from my dad where when my dad will go we'll go to like an uncle's house and the tv will be on and my dad will immediately open up the settings and like uh, the contrast and this and that and i'm i've absolutely become the same way where i thought i was only going to care about playing games on pc for competitive shooters but it's really just become any game where well let me, i want to i want the fov slider i want to select 1440p resolution i really want to up the ambient occlusion and lower the screen space reflection and then turn off anti-aliasing like i'm just i've become that person and um i never thought i'd come to this greg i never thought i'd come to this hey jeff do can you tell us about it. can you tell us about the arcade 2020 handheld yeah just real quick I, it honestly just came today uh but it's a it's a little uh oh. like oh wow look awesome. at that so got, i got dk64 right there the for oh hell yeah uh, you do. dk64 on it yeah so uh, so like let's let's talk about it for real like everyone always gets mad at soldier boy for oh you're pirating games no china will just put this stuff on on whatever and send it to you with a bunch of games on there dk64 <laughs> was pre-included they don't care <laughs> um, and that's what because they honestly, have it's one of my favorite parts it's like yeah I, i'm like i'm gonna order this thing and uh, you know it's, it's a pretty decent handheld from what i've used so far it literally did just come today but it's just got the one analog stick it can do a uh, kind of up to dreamcast it seemed like dreamcast was a little bit slow uh not quite keeping up with the frame rate but it's it's pretty solid otherwise uh everything else seems to run really well and it's got like a nice build quality and I, i'm digging it but honestly i'm just like i get it and i'm like i wonder what games they actually included here and of course there's like 40 game boy advance games some stuff i've never heard of but a, a lot of it's just licensed nintendo stuff and i'm like okay yeah they're just totally just pirating that stuff um but it's 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 cool i'm like in a, i'm in a weird place where i'm like I, uh, I'm really playing a lot of Switch still because it fits in well with my life, having the kids and, and not wanting to like take over the TV in the family room because, you know, people, someone's always doing something there and I don't want to kind of kick people out. It's just not who I am. So, yeah. Yeah, but lots of Veggie Tales, almost nonstop oh Veggie Tales. Yeah. And, then, and when my wife gets done watching Veggie Tales, they put on like something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I, uh, so I'm like trying to find other ways to play games handheld and, uh, I'm like, oh, I'll kind of go back and play some stuff on 3DS, go play some stuff maybe on my uh, my old DS. Uh, but I'm, I'm like finding situations where I'm like, okay, I just kind of want to be able to, uh, you know, load a bunch of ROMs on something and play it that way. And so I'm starting to look around in, in this in this uh, area of uh, retro portable devices, and there's a lot of them now. And this one seems like a pretty solid one, but I actually already, even before this one got here, ordered another one, uh, oh, the wow. Retroid. The retro pocket. Like, do you too. do you just love no, collecting a bunch of different no, retro? No, handhelds? I, I'm not very specific against collecting, which is why I'm like okay with like ROMs and stuff. I just want to have the experience of playing stuff. Uh, collecting has never made me happy, so I'm like, I'll just load them on the, onto these little devices that are pretty cool and uh, and and play them that way. Uh, but I am in a situation where there's a pandemic and I'm 37 years old. So I think I'm starting my midlife crisis. So mm -hmm. I am looking for like nostalgia a little bit. I'm looking for stuff that like makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Like I would never wear a Nintendo 64 shirt before. And then in the mm -hmm. last year, as I'm like, my hair's turning white. I'm like, I want a Nintendo 64 shirt and I want to, I want Mario and advance wars on a sweater or whatever. Um, and, and so 
this is kind of part of that story. Uh, I'll see if it like, I'll see if it, if I keep playing it or if I put it in a dresser, a dresser drawer and then forget about it like after a week. But hopefully this is a good way to like go back and play some of those games that I've been you know itching to play. Feel wise, does it does it feel like more toyish or more? This is a piece of technology. So this one feels closer to toyish, and I uh, and it's the pla- it's, it's plastic, and it ha- definitely has that um you know sub Wii U gamepad feel. Mm. And I, I think they they do that as like okay, so they can keep it cheap, and then they also sell metal versions. Of a lot of these things. Oh, get the metal one if you actually care about that, and it's like got a really nice body, and it uh, I guess it's, it stays cool or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't have any of the metal ones. I'm like I'd rather just save the money. But I, I imagine that if you want something that does feel like a cool piece of technology, you would pay a little bit extra and get the metal versions. Uh, but I, I, you know, my kids are going to get a hold of this. So I'm like, just give me the plastic thing. Just kind of um, it's going to get beat up anyhow. So let's just do do that instead. Um, That's a... But it doesn't feel like it's this doesn't feel like it's going to fall apart either. So I guess it's not I'm not saying it's bad. It just doesn't feel like a piece of technology like you described. That's a, that's a dangerous game right there, Grub, because I. I... I love the idea of just having all sorts of cool handhelds from all all over the world that are made yeah. from different companies. And I, I love that shit. Like when it comes to the enthusiast side of collecting video game stuff, I mean, that's some of my Instagram discover feed of just like, oh, check out this really cool clear case random ass uh emulate or rom um you know player and it's a handheld like that or it's the mm-hmm. retroid that you earlier mentioned i've it i want to get into that and i realized don't get into that andy don't. <laughs> you don't just, want all these handhelds littered behind you on no. your bed it's all these fucking toys not mm-hmm. at all i mean but like i mean you thing, sold me on the arcade uh, uh thing you got there the arcade 2020 handheld like it, 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 it coming with dk64 already is like ooh, it's i already can see yeah. Yeah. into that yeah, it's like if you're if uh, like I'm also waiting for that. Uh, what's the big expensive one that's coming out that everyone wants? The analog pocket. Play date. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, the play date's another one I'll probably end up getting, but the analog pocket I'm definitely going to get if I can pre-order it. Uh, and it, but I just couldn't wait anymore, and I'm like, I just had this nostalgia thing I need to feed a little bit. So um, I'm probably going to like put Advance Wars on there and play play through that again, and uh, then kind of just take it from there. Uh, and, and it's just nice to have something that works really well with modern technology. So I'll just pop the SD card out, put the games on there and then go about my life. And that's nice. Jeff, I have more I want to talk to you about. But before I do, please, I want to tell you about our sponsor. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast is brought to you by Purple. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. The one thing you can always count on is how comfortable your Purple mattress is. That's because Purple is comfort reinvented. Only Purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and your legs, while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. I don't know how it does it, it's just fantastic. Because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it, so it'll never overheat. The grid bounces back as we move and shift, unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why memory foam has craters and divots. Kind of funny, loves purple mattress. Uh, Joey Noel sleeps like a baby on the one she has. She says it's nice and soft. Right now, you can try your purple mattress risk-free with free shippings and returns. Financing is available too. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny10 and use promo code kindoffunny10. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny10. Promo code kindoffunny10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash kindoffunny10. Promo code kindoffunny10. Terms apply. 
We're also brought to you by Upstart. If you have multiple credit cards, you know that tracking multiple balances, due dates, and website logins can be stressful. Upstart makes things simple with one monthly payment in one place. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off uh, debt all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or Funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. With a five-minute online rate check, uh, you can see your, your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved the same day and can receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how low your Upstart rate uh, monthly payments can be today when you go to upstart.com slash kind of funny. That's upstart.com slash kind of funny. Don't forget to use uh, our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan, amount, lo- loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash kind of funny. And we're back with topic of the show. Jeff Grubb, you're here for a reason. You're here because you're the pioneer of the summer games mess. Can you, for those who don't know, catch us up on one, what the summer games mess is, what it has been, and what is going to be this year? Yeah, so when E3 exploded in 2020 and and became a shell of its former self, uh, some some pretenders tried to step in and wrangle stuff together, and it just wasn't working for them. Shots fired, Jeff Keighley, huh? Well, I mean, his problem is he's a professional and I'm not. I could just go on there and put stuff on a list on Google Keep. And it's a lot simpler, especially if, like, you don't have to ask anyone for permission. Jeff Keighley's like, hey, can I please include you in this thing? And some people might say no. And I just don't ask. And so uh, it's very easy to just throw it on a list. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a reporter. I'm just reporting facts here. Here's where all the stuff is. Uh, it's, it's a nice uh, a freedom that I have that he doesn't. Uh, but it's also something I found people were pretty hungry for. They were... Uh, feeling they were feeling lost and when when e3 just wasn't what it always was and when they were looking for a place like a central location to find out what's happening uh when's it coming up and sometimes like what stuff that like we uh, we know is coming and we don't have the exact date uh is this a good place to find that out i was able to provide some of that information as well and it turned into a pretty fun thing and now it's just something i'm having fun kind of keeping up with this year as well because it seems like we're going to have something similar to last year but maybe not quite as bad yeah, following it last year was a was a very fun thing, right? Because you 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 said it yourself. You know, you had yeah you had the professionals doing it, the prof- professionals being people like like Jeff Keighley, and you saw some outlets having their own thing, right? Like IGN had the Summer of Gaming. You saw similar things like that breaking down what the calendar year was going to look like in terms of big video game announcements. And from last year, we got big things like uh, uh, the Ubisoft Forwards. Yeah, and even though that wasn't necessarily part of Summer Games Games Fest, that was a part of the big activities. We got New Game Plus Expo. We got uh, the Indie Showcase and all, these, all this different stuff. Uh, Barrett, I linked you, or you, I guess you found it on, on Twitter, right? The, the, the latest graphic for what the current Summer Games Mess looks like this year. If you're able to bring that up. Oh, you got it. Cool. Uh, don't it looks ever like this, doubt right? me, blessing. Don't ever doubt me. I keep forget. I keep forgetting you're not <laughs> blessing. Kevin. Stop Barrett. doubting I'm not, Barrett. I'm not Kevin. All right. You're not Stop Kevin. Doubting him. You're Stop already doubting. on it. Uh, it goes like this, right? March 13th, we're looking at the Paradox Insider slash Game Dev Direct. March 17th, we got Dying Light to uh, Dev Update. March 18th, we got Square. Did anybody watch that today? What was the update? They were just like, we're gonna release it in 2021. Still, we promise. Basically, we like oh, okay. they Wait, read really? a bunch of they were they yeah they read a bunch of mean tweets saying, hey. 
hey, a-hole, where's this thing? Uh, that sort of thing, like the Conan O'Brien thing or the Jimmy, sure. uh, I can't remember, J Jimmy Kimmel. And then, uh, and then at the end, it was like, we hear you. And they all stood in line and like, hey, it's really hard. We're trying, uh, but it's still going to come out in 2021. The end. Do, do uh, any of us so... believe that? That Dying Light Man, 2 is coming know. out this pizza year. Bet. Pizza bet time right here. Yeah, pizza that's pizza time bet time right here. Someone bet. has to believe it for that for there to be a pizza bet. Yeah, I don't believe it. I believe it. I believe it. All right, Andy, you want right, pizza? Doing it. If I win, pizza, Andy. lots of pizza for me. And I'm gonna say, side note, Andy, did you see what I was eating Pasquale's on stream earlier today? Ooh, boy, was it a good? No, one, I didn't. Right? You had some good. Oh, so I got a couple yeah. tweets about it. You had all good, of the other good. pizza in SF. Why not Pasquale's? Why not just try, try them all? Just try. You, listen, you've eaten everywhere else. Just <laughs> fucking try this too. Yeah. So continue with what we got, right? Uh, March 18th, tomorrow, we're getting the Square Enix Presents Showcase. Woo -woo. Uh, the Battle and Wonder World show is what you have here, which I assume is part of the Square Enix Square no, that's Enix that, yes. Balan Wonder World. They keep fucking promoting that, Jeff. Why? Stop saying that's going to be part of Square Enix Presents. You're telling us about a new life is strange. Talk about that. <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, March 25th, we're getting the future game show. March 20th, uh, or March 25th, the future game show. March 26th, uh, a low-key Xbox show. Hashtag hype is a sin. March 31st, Nintendo executes Mario. April 10th, uh, you, you have here AOE, which Attack I got questions That's Age of Empires 4. They confirmed, they actually confirmed yeah. that today. So, yeah, that, that's uh, going to be a reveal for Age of Empires 4. Nice. Uh, and then we got more, including here, June 30th, uh, we're celebrating Tim's birthday, which That's is a beautiful nice. thing, nice thing to include. Uh, but yeah, it's ba basically you have like a messy version of, of what we can look forward to in this year, yeah. uh, for this year in announcements. My question to y'all for discussion is what do, like what are your expectations for this year in terms of E3, uh, how this year's announcements are going to go compared or in terms of E3 and how this year's announcements are going to go compared to last year's. Because last year very much felt like a, hey, let's set this all up. Let's figure this out. We're, we're, we, we just entered a pandemic. Co companies are scattering to put together the, their own showcases. What are your broad expectations this year for what that looks like? I think yeah. it's going to be as segmented and unspecial as last year, if that's a word. Is that a word, unspecial? Barrett, look no, up unspecial right for me. Okay, ordinary. Unspecial be ordinary. I'm looking yeah, it up for you. And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, when we have normal E3, um, which seems like it's all but gone now, it is a long two days of stuff, but it feels really, really hype. Yeah. And because you're going to get a shitload of announcements and you maybe care about five to seven of them. <laughs> And those are the ones that really get you excited and say, God damn, I love video games. This is my favorite time of the year. This is Christmas. Um, I feel like this is going to be the, Definitely I feel like this is going to be, by the way, wow. unspecial. Oh, Perfect. Fantastic. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You're not oh, Kevin. I, oh, I believe you. Shit. You're not unspecial. You're unspecial. Baron. Um, <laughs> so is Kevin though. <laughs> um, but, but with last year's E3 and I feel like the same thing with this year, it, I don't think that there are really, I'm worried that the lessons to that that they may have been learning aren't fully going to be realized because it's still going to be spread apart and you're going to get um, the new game plus expo. We already had that. I know that was like last month or whatever. Oh, there'll be another one. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Thank God. Um, but I think they're just going to be it's going to be like last year, um, very segmented. And this thing might have this one hour event might have one thing you're really excited about. Otherwise, it's going to feel like, why did we do this? And there's going to be another event that's an hour and a half long that you're stoked about two things in there. 
Otherwise, you're going to think, damn, this is this felt like a waste. Where And I think just spreading it out makes it feel a lot less exciting than having it really, really, you know, compact in two days. I think that's it just feels less. There's less of that. Uh, the wow factor there because it, it, it wore on apart. too long in 2020. Yeah. Right. That's oh, I think yeah. what we all said and, and felt right. I mean, Jeff, you obviously you had your mess then. That's when it came down. But I'm not wrong about that. Right, Jeff. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it should be a little bit better this year, but it's going to expand as well. Uh, I, I okay, so I, like, there's two things here. Uh, the the normal June timeframe for when we should expect E3, uh, there probably will be more condensed into that what we consider E3 week. Will they actually be part of the official E3? Will they pay money to the ESA? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That seems very unlikely. That seems like that's not going to happen probably across the board. Uh, I don't know, maybe a few ex- ex- exceptions. I guess I don't know, necessarily know what Nintendo would do. Maybe Nintendo will get crazy and do that, but it just seems like they're the ones that have to do it the least. So why would they? Um, but there's already, like, I'm already hearing that stuff's moving from June to July. There's already companies that are delaying their stuff from June to July because they have more time. If you have more time, you're going to take more time. Uh, if you don't have to uh, crunch to get a demo ready for one week, uh, and you, instead it's like, well, let's just take a little bit more time and get the trailer look a little bit better for this event, and we'll just put that event in July instead because uh, we can. No one's no one's going to stop us. Um, why wouldn't you? And it turns out, yes, some companies are already doing that. So. I think we're gonna. I think it'll be a little bit more condensed. There'll be a little bit more happening in that normal June time frame. Uh, at the same time, though, continue to expect things to uh, elongate unnaturally uh, when compared to traditionally three. Jeff, what is your view on, on what E three specifically looks like this year? Like, do you think E three this year is just, you know, like it it, it pales in in terms of what uh what it means to, uh in comparison to earlier E threes? And do you think we we eventually snap back uh, to E three eventually? I don't I'm I'm less certain of that than ever. I think that uh, the future of E3 is a big part of this is just is the is their competency within the ESA to put together a show that people want to do. Everyone is putting together their own like Square Enix Presents is a new brand branded show that they're doing. Uh, Bandai Namco seems like they're starting their own thing as well. These companies are spinning up not just like brands, but like teams to work on these things to do Nintendo Direct style events. And then. When E3, E3 tries to come back as a physical event, those companies are going to have to decide, do we want to spend a lot of money on this physical E3 or do we just want to keep this team together and have them focus on the thing they did last year and continue to do it uh, virtually, uh, which seems to work just fine for the gaming audience that we're trying to reach. So uh, I, I am very skeptical that E3 and the ESA are going to be able to uh, create a, con- a convincing and compelling argument to bring many of those companies back, especially when they are charging so much to participate. It's a very, a very expensive thing. Uh, just getting a booth is expensive. Getting internet's expensive. A lot of people are aware of this. So, uh, but, but I, I, so like when it comes to like what it looks like this year, it's, it's probably going to be a, a lot like last year, but I think people are going to, first of all, have uh, the, be able to set their expectation levels a little bit better. We know what to expect. So that helps. And then companies also know how to do this a little bit better. So, uh, I, I think um, just a, a lot of N- Nintendo Direct style things that, and some of them might be, some of them might be disappointing. Some of them might be exciting. Uh, a lot of it's going to come down to the fact that companies like Microsoft and Sony have already announced a lot of games, so they're probably not going to have too much more to, to talk about uh, when it gets to this summer. Uh, it, there'll be updates on stuff we already know about, and that is inherently less exciting, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but a lot of, a lot of it's just going to come down to pacing and and making sure that we are excited about stuff that is coming out maybe this year and maybe if like 
if like Starfield really does get announced and stuff like that, making that like a really big deal, making it feel like an important thing. And if they could pull that off, it'd be like, okay, uh, yeah, I'll, that's what I want from E3. And that's kind of all I'm expecting. And if they go beyond that, then, then great. But I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Who do you, who do you guys think actually partners with E3 this year? Because that's been, that's been the huge question for me because we've gotten reports about it being six figures if you want to participate in the presentation, right? They're doing it. Uh, the reports have been that they're doing it in a non-traditional way where they're doing where they're going to do E3 digitally over the course of two days as opposed to what we've gotten in previous years because of COVID and, and, and uh, restrictions and all this stuff. With that being the case and with what we've gotten last year with different different companies doing their own thing and everything that Jeff just talked about, do we see Nintendo? Do we see Ubisoft? Do we see EA? Uh, partner with E3 and actually show up in the presentations they're doing, and if and if not, then who do we see there? Yeah, it's a great um, question. Real quick, I'll, I'll, let me Sorry, just say the ones that I know aren't like Microsoft's probably not going to, Bethesda's not going to, um, I, EA and Activision haven't for the last several years, so they're not going to. Sony hasn't for the last several years, so why would they? Uh, there's a lot that I think we know are not going to that, and it's a very short list of people of companies that might. But I don't know, Greg, if you have any thoughts, uh, I'd love to hear them. No, I mean, I think it's a great question. I think it is. What is the ESA doing? What are they charging? You bring up that question. That's the that's the million dollar literally question where it is the whole thing of last year. I think it was eye opening to so many different publishers of, oh, man, we really don't need them. We don't need this window. It is this age where you can put together a video, put it online and everybody finds out about it that way. And I think as the you know, the lesson was, as we went on, the longer you waited to do it into the summer, the less eyes were on you, or at least less energy was there. Because in the beginning, we all came out that first month and we're so excited to be reacting to everything. And then by the end there, we knew that, okay, this thing isn't going to perform. It's just a bunch of third party games. That's fine. But it's just not something we need to get super juiced about, let alone it was just so complicated, let alone the people who were triple dipping and were in the PC gamer presentation and also in this presentation and also in this presentation. There were so many games you saw over and over again. So I think... I would hope the ESA is smart enough that they're not charging an arm and a leg to be part of it. And then I think you'd see hopefully more of those double A publishers trying to get a part of it, right? See, you'd, I'd hope that you'd see them partner with the Gorilla Collective or something like that to get a bunch of indies together to have a presentation to go out and do it that way. I think that, you know, I've said it a million times, obviously, but that was my hope last year is that that was what Jeff would have done was going to be, all right, cool, let's rally and I'll give you two days of, you know, nine to five programming that is all of these different uh, game companies coming out to show their wares and you know jeff instead uh, did some of his own reveals and stuff obviously but then also was more just uh, a place to house the information and keep you included on what was going on and so this year i'd hope that's happening i would hope if he's not doing it, then the esa is doing it out but i i you're, you bring up this point of like does an xbox does a playstation does nintendo need them no of course not they know they don't need them but what about previous relationships and what about what the ESA is and like, is there a conversation to be had about that and what that means for E3 going forward and trying to keep it next year if it can be uh, in person? Who knows? The question that I have uh, for y'all and just throw this out there is that like, um, would, uh, would the industry be better straight up uh, from now on just not having E3, especially like hearing the stories about Cyberpunk and how they did a lot of crunch to, to have a demo uh, come out specifically for E3 a few years ago and then to see like how that actually um, – that game actually launched and like what the mindset of that studio was like – Hearing what Jeff say, was saying of like there are some people that are pushing from June to July because they have more time and stuff like it's would our industry be better and actually grow if we just didn't have an E3 type of an event anymore? 
I I think it's there's, like a... there's balance to it. Like I, I I think the point of Cyberpunk and how how much they had a crunch on demo and on and what you hear about other studios and how much work it takes to put together a demo for press, it there is a an added pressure when it comes to E3 season and being prepared for season and then also being the publisher having to pay to participate in e3 season that would add to probably a lot of benefits for for companies being like we're just not going to participate in e3 season but i think andy makes a very good point of uh having something that people can look forward to that is compact that you know doesn't 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 give us as audience fatigue over the course of a year is also very nice to have and also i think it's a very effective way to market and so i could see I, I could see a case where Jeff Keighley's summer game game fest, I keep wanting to call it the same uh, game mess, summer game fest turns into the quote-unquote new E3 where, you know, it's compact enough, but it still gives publishers uh, breathing room to be able to be like, cool, we don't want to rush a demo for the first week of summer. And so we are going to have it be be maybe the last week of June, or we're going to have, we're going to do our, our, uh, presentation, but we're going to instead instead of it being just this first week of June thing, maybe maybe Summer Games Mess or Summer Games Fest turns it into a okay, cool. We're gonna do early three fall weeks, fest. Early <laughs> fall fest. We're gonna do we're gonna do three weeks: one week in June, one week in August, one week in July, and do it that way. So it feels compact, but it also gives publishers the freedom to kind of roam around and and be able to put stuff out there when they're ready. I think there has to be an alternatives and shifts from e3 because i do think getting getting rid of e3 or at least e3 not being the main event that it has been over the last couple decades uh to barrett's point can lead to hopefully some benefits yeah i think it's going to become like south by southwest where there is official proper south by southwest in austin but for weeks before and weeks after there are tons of things that are not really related to it but hey we're also a band here performing here in Austin, and I think it's. I think we're just going to continue to see stuff like this. I think quarantine totally changed the industry, and we are not going to have the single weekend or, or week of events or whatever. I think it is going to be spread out just like it has been uh, since last year or whatever. I think we continue to see that sort of uh, that sort of um, layout in terms of releasing. And not necessarily crunching, right? Like I think, I think developers are gonna are are gonna become a lot smarter, and publishers are hopefully gonna become a lot smarter. Maybe that's just me, you know, being a little bit too optimistic. But I think they realize. I think Cyberpunk was sort of a a big moment in the industry to see, like, oh shit, we should, we definitely shouldn't do what they did because we don't want to become the joke that they became. You know, we don't want to be that sure. punchline. Yeah. And things are it, it, the industry's a blob. It's sort of it's it'll fill in any nook and cranny you provide for it. So if if it if it starts shifting to a different model, uh, they will find ways to fit crunch into that model as well. Uh, that's sort of inevitable. Um, but but it, it it could be better. I mean, I guess a better world is possible. My, my guess though is um, if uh, the ESA cannot make the make E three work, uh, one of these other entities, whether it's Jeff Keeley or or just like uh, maybe actually Gamescom or something like that. They mm-hmm. step in and they they take that week and they claim it as their own and they, you know, m- maybe not do it in the LACC, but maybe they'll move it to like Las Vegas or something somewhere cheaper or something like that um, and, and turn it into more of a fan thing. But, you know, try to keep the spirit alive. Someone will try to do something with it in, in, in during that that time frame. Um, 
so something continue to exist but i i just uh it's gonna continue to morph and shift and change and uh i i don't necessarily think that like it's gonna be nintendo involved in the same way that they are when they're when it's the esa doing it i think nintendo will just be like okay well we're out we're gonna do our own thing and uh, it'll have to be much more fan focused yeah i think the you know the thing about it all is to barrett's initial question here of like do we need e3 does the industry need e3 like e3 i think is such a product of a bygone era where i mean if you want to go all the way back right it was very much like here are the hottest games you should order them for your stores right but then what it really became was here are the hottest games to get on your christmas list but also to get into usa today like that was always the goal of e3 e3 was to get mainstream coverage of your video games and i think that is still you know you watch the nightly news you don't see them talking about every video game or anything to that effect but We've come so far in that way where you can have a conversation on mainstream media about video games and it continues to change and continues to evolve. And you look at something like Animal Crossing that, granted, is very specific to Nintendo and is very first party and is very huge, but you are seeing the need for that fall away where PlayStation doesn't need to have an E3 for the PlayStation 5, right? PlayStation 5 is going to be news in Wired and in all these weird Bloomberg articles and all the weird things they want to put it in, right? And the same for Xbox and their next system. And so the desire for um, uh, Bandai Namco to try to be at an E3 is to try to be in that same second paragraph that at the PlayStation presentation, this happened. But does that actually move units for what they're going on? Probably not. If you want to look at something like Capcom, like a Resident Evil is a Resident Evil, and I don't think it necessarily needs the pop of an E3 to get covered in certain places. And so that's the push and pull of all this thing. But even when you say mainstream media, it's like, what the fuck does that even mean anymore? Who is watching the news necessarily to get their information? You're getting it on Twitter. You're getting it on YouTube. You're getting it on Facebook. You're getting it through a, a million different fragmented sites. And that's what everybody's finding. And so... You know, when we talk about, I hope somebody does condense it. I hope, you know, Keeley does it. I hope the ESA gets it. Like, we're, you're going to run back into the exact same problem of trying to take an antiquated system and put in modern parts because it is what you're talking about. Of like, okay, well, our biggest game isn't going to be ready for this thing like we said it was. So we'll just push it out and do it on our own. And so inevitably, it's going to keep expanding, like you're talking about, filling in these nooks and crannies. Because when it isn't, for, you know, ESA, you had to be an ESA member. There was this thing, it was, a, you know, you're contributing to it and you're getting dedicated space and you're paying more for booth and yada, yada, yada. With all of those benefits gone, then it is just like, all right, well, I'm still going to be able to make a pop out of this later on. And then if you're in NIS or somebody like you team up with somebody else and you have an event that brings you and Sega and all these other people together, right. To do something different and big and bring in that very specific audience, but the actual audience that's going to buy your games. Yep. Jeff, is there, yeah, they, do, is there anything you're looking forward to most from uh, Jeff's summer games mess? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think I'm just trying, it's not on the list yet. I still want to see what Nintendo's going to do. I imagine they're going to have something right there in June. I'm, I'm always a, a big Nintendo fan. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, 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 and just kind of speaking of Nintendo, I do want to see how they handle uh, pulling the stuff off the store from the Mario anniversary. Uh, are they mm-hmm. just going to kind of do that and, and then the next day say nothing? Or are they going to have something in place to like replace that value? Because Super Mario 35 is something that is uh it's part of your subscription when you put when you subscribe to nintendo switch online and you could play it that way and then all of a sudden the next day it's gone it feels like you know that they're worried about that value perception and i don't think most people are going to be like oh i can't play that game anymore why would i pay 20 dollars a year for this thing i'm not going to do that anymore most people probably will but nintendo's going to still be thinking about that value and so I, I i'm very much looking forward to seeing how they try to message that transition and whether oh, or not gosh. they have anything to replace it um and, and then uh 
then yeah, I, I think that I really I just want to see how Microsoft and Bethesda work together. I think they, mm -hmm. they will be two separate events, but they'll probably be a double header back to back. And if Microsoft goes first and they talk a lot about Halo and they're and that's really coming later this year, and then Bethesda really does have Starfield, and if that can come later this year, that'd be a pretty big one two punch that uh I would be I would be very excited about. So uh, yeah, that's my hope. Uh, Give it Jeff, to of me. course, I saw you uh, getting uh, put onto what was a reset era and then having to argue your own point again today. Uh, Blessing <laughs> and I have an arch villain, and his name is John BX32. John fucking BX32. And he hangs out in the PS I Love You chat live. He's hanging out right now in the games casting every day for the last four this years. This guy's been guy. saying Starfield 2021 is happening. <laughs> You're all wrong. What are the odds you think Starfield actually drops this year? Uh, the odds that it drops this year and actually releases, I would say, are seventy five percent. I think the okay. odds that it gets revealed are are really high. I think it's like yeah, that I believe oh, that yeah. I buy for sure. Yes, but I, yeah, I, but, I, but, I, I just see it getting delayed out of this year because especially now yeah, that they're under easily. Xbox's umbrella of like, well, you have Halo and we don't want the, we want this to be perfect. Yeah, uh, that easily could happen, and, and I mean, it just you got to think about like what their motivations would be if the game is ready to go. Uh, and they they want to have a one two punch of Halo and Starfield, yeah, sure. But maybe they want to like Halo in the holidays, and then yeah. you continue to bring on subscribers by releasing Starfield in early 2022. I could totally see that. But the Fallout 4 rollout worked really well. I don't it know did. if they would want to deviate from. I don't know if they would want to deviate from that. It just was such a a, a well thought out plan. It's where a great you way to do it. Reveal. Reveal it in June, release it in November. Uh, that's, it's, it's just nothing, nothing but hype up until then. It's yeah, it yeah. worked I mean, really do, well. If so you, I if you reveal, thing. if you do a, a sixty minute long event in June, that is all Starfield. That is all the details that we want. In, uh, introducing us to characters, introducing us to the world, introducing us to mechanics and and, and what Starfield is. As Bethesda, you then own the rest of the year, like in terms of conversation and all that stuff. Like you then become the biggest game, yep. just like just like they did with Fallout Four. Um, and Man, so yeah, wild. like. That I, would be that would be a great way to do it, but I don't believe it. I don't. Believe I just keep in mind too, to John uh, John BX thirty two, and everybody mm -hmm. watching. This is legitimately once again the Persona Five argument of release date, mm -hmm. where even if they come out in the summer and they're like, "Guess what? Starfield's coming this year." Don't fucking be doing victory laps around me. I want to see you playing it come yeah. December thirty first, twenty twenty one. That's that's when we'll we'll <laughs> yeah. see who won this fucking argument. And honestly, yeah, I don't. Like, yes. Because I, I, I never, I never saw it come in 2021, and now with quarantine, I just yeah, really don't see it coming in 2021. On top of it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Barry. I think uh, I was just thinking of like, what, what if like internally, like now their plans have flipped because uh, people have been saying like, oh, they got uh, Halo in the fall, so like, what's the point of uh, really putting out Starfield uh, uh, this fall? But what if it's the opposite internally, where they're like, oh, well, now we have Starfield. Now we can uh, give more time for Halo and maybe put Halo out in the spring. They'll do whatever they need to with Halo, yeah. but, like, can you imagine the fucking shit they would have to sit down and eat if they delay Halo again? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Starfield hasn't been teased or given a date or whatever, right? So you can... You know, you're not delaying that if you That's said, true. hey, fucking That's please, true. Todd, ride the bench for till, for a few more months. Let us get mastered. But, but again, I think uh, delaying Halo again would be way less damaging than releasing Halo and uh, not having it. Also true. Yeah, no, I mean, if Halo's not ready, that's yeah. a different. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because th this is really I, I, their I, last chance with Halo, I think. I think the reason I'm, I am um, more confident, the reason I would say 75% it comes out this yeah. year is I do think that they want to have multiple big games this holiday. And I think... Did you buy Bethesda? I mean, you spend all that money. Let's see a return on that investment really quick. And I think that would be a, a big part of it. But it's, they're just 
not like they've announced a lot of their games and those games when i'm talking about microsoft has announced a lot yep. of their games and a lot of those games are still years away uh and so when they go to have their e3 show this year uh microsoft it's going to be stuff that we're f- really familiar with it's going to be a lot of halo maybe some other stuff maybe forza horizon 5 still i think i'm pretty confident that's probably going to happen as well God, and, I but, hope but then so. what else and then i I think it's I think it's very possible, but I think it, I think that show right there is probably pretty disappointing for a lot of people, especially after the build up of like oh, Perfect Dark was released or revealed and all this other stuff, and they're just not going to have anything like that. So then to back that up with Bethesda coming up and saying here is Starfield and it really is coming and that's going to fill out the rest of your year, and if it does become the talk of the rest of the year, that really helps Microsoft. It really benefits their communication, and I think they wouldn't want to avoid that. I think they would want to embrace it. So that that's why I'm really confident. Man, they better knock it out of the park with Starfield. Oh yeah. Oh, they have to. Yeah. I ha- I I am in Cyberpunk territory where I'm like I definitely am overhyped for this game for no reason because we've not <laughs> we've not gotten shit about it. We've not heard anything, seen anything, but coming off of Fallout 4, which I stand by is a great game, which I know most people Same. think is a great game, but I love I Fallout agree. 4. The the reception of Fallout 4 wasn't the reception of Skyrim or the reception of of uh Fallout 3, right? And for them, especially coming off of Fallout 76, it's like I'm sure they're like, yo, we f- we gotta fucking reclaim that crown. This shit better uh, look good, man. Like, that shit better look good. That shit better have one, a cool world. That's one reason why I just never got into Bethesda games. I just always thought they were the ugliest games. Sure. And I think a lot of it is color palette. I think a lot of it is Fallout. The Fallout Dude. games being very just playing New Vegas. And that color palette and, is fucking. Ugh. Just straight brown. up, just, oh yeah. Fallout, it is Fallout Three is it was, green. Fallout New Vegas yep, mm-hmm. is brown, and brown. Fallout Four was yep. like, oh, there's more than two colors Sun, here. Cool, green and blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunshine. You'd be in, you'd be inside environments and like, God, the lighting. This doesn't look next gen, and I I guess it makes sense since you started it so long ago, and that's why we're able to play it so soon because you were <laughs> releasing it this year, and that's fucking awesome for us. But also, this tech seems kind of you know outdated and so yeah I, I really hope starfield is the thing that gets me into a, a bethesda game really hard although the h bomber guy video essay that you recommended jeff grubb on uh new vegas good was video very very good very good it's video. a smart boy i gotta check that out mm-hmm. uh the thing i'll say for a, a, a quick note for what i'm looking forward to from the summer games mess which i don't think it's on there but a thing i anticipate in terms of events uh that nintendo switch pro has to get its own event it has to get its own either direct or something right presentation because for for what for the news that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks of reports that they're looking to make more money uh, off this next upcoming fiscal year you know over the uh more than they made this last fiscal year where they had such success with animal crossing that speaks to what we've heard uh, previously about them having a killer lineup to go alongside a switch pro and so i think that would speak to Breath of the Wild 2 and maybe a new Mario. Like I don't know I don't know what all what all would fit that um fit that quality, but I that has to be something something big, right? That has to be something that they're able to come out and be like, boom, 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 you're gonna get this, you're gonna get Switch Pro, you're gonna get these games, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a, one of the biggest years of the Switch you've gotten so far. Um and so I'm I'm expecting that. I'm trying to manage my expectations because obviously there's always room for disappointment. Um oh, yeah. But, you know, that's that's an event that I'm expecting sometime this year. Yeah, I think, I think that's I think that comes I think it happens probably uh, separate from like the E3 time frame. It probably happens mm-hmm. in early fall. Like they do those things separate and they do them like 
two months before they released the hardware, right? That's what they did with the Switch Lite. So like August, September, I guess that's still a little bit of summer, but uh, that's when I, I would expect that uh, if, if it's going to release this holiday, which I'm, yeah, I'm starting to agree with pretty, pretty hardcore. Jeff Grubb, thanks so much for coming through and joining us. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people find your work? Uh, yeah, uh, you, if you uh, just kind of want to follow me, I, I kind of do everything on Twitter. I tweet too much, so don't follow me on Twitter, but I'm at Jeff Grubb. But if you want to find my <laughs> stuff, just go to twitter.com slash Jeff Grubb and just type it in and leave it. Don't press that follow button. Uh, website, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then go to youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. I think it's the, the best URL to get to it. I, I put some, uh, uh, I put actually have some like a show where I talk about the summer game mess now. I just started in the last couple of weeks, uh, the game mess show live. And uh, I kind of talk people through what's happening, the changes I make. Uh, I put one out this morning talking about, I actually added some stuff uh, that wasn't on the list that we read earlier, like the AG French Direct. What is that? Uh, a, a little bit of information on, on things like that. But it's been a fun experience so far and a lot of good uh, responses to that. And then uh, my writing is always on gamesbeat.com. Uh, come check me out there. Come uh, you know, see my, my fellow cohort, cohorts, uh, Dean Takashi and Mike Minotti and Jason Wilson. We're always trying to write about the business of games and and you know how they make money and things like that. It's a, a fun job. I'm glad I have it. Yep. I am very happy for the work y'all do over there at GamesBeat because it helps me, uh, helps me out a lot on Games Daily because you guys have very <laughs> Thank good you, stories man. to you guys right there. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Gamescast. Each and every week we get together to talk about the biggest topics in gaming. If you're a Patreon supporter, right after this, we got a post show. Is it a bless who? Yes, it is. So stay yeah! tuned for that. Of course, I've been blessing. <laughs> That's been Jeff Grubb. That's been Game Over Greggy. That's been Twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Until next time, Rest in peace, Tim Gettys. Love you, Tim. Stepped on a rock. <laughs>